All right, welcome folks. If you're wondering what the smell is, it's that the cheesemonger left his dick in the brie, because that's right, we're here with an immediate reaction pod on the season finale of Succession. This is the Insatiable Content Podcast, and I'm your host, Vincent Rossmeyer. And joining me on this instant reaction pod, I have not one, but two very special guests. Please let me welcome back to the pod, Bob. He's coming in the sauna to tell me what a pretty pecker I got, pain, and my very own cousin Greg Weiler, Nichols, to discuss this. We're just saying, fuck it, we're doing this live, so let's go. Guys, what did you think of this season finale of the third season of Succession? Um, um, <laughs> you got him, finally, that's what I thought. Somebody finally fucked him that wasn't Logan. <laughs> So are, are we reading that the same way that Tom is the one that spilled the beans and just said, fuck it, I'm going to take over Shiv? Because that was my reading of this, too. And um, that's that's pretty damn intense. I, I mean, in a way, that's even more intense than the fact that their mom sold them out, which is just, you know, as a family drama, that just took it to a whole nother level to me of depravity, uh, like just screwing over your children. And that's the children are completely unempathetic for the most part. And yet man, that is some, you see where they're coming from and just legacies of trauma when that happens. Bob, what did you think? Yeah, Tom's number one. I agree with you on Tom. And then, I mean, so we we like, I don't know, I feel like everyone spent the week talking about whether Kendall was dead. They eliminated that possibility in the first like moment of the yep. episode. And then they, but then like Kendall confessing, I think we'll get lost, and I don't know. That might be the end of the plot line, but it was just an incredible scene. I I agree. It's like, unbelievable. The acting, the acting between Roman and Kendall in that scene was pretty amazing. The dialogue, the acting, yeah. I, I also thought like it was a different episode than a lot of Secession episodes. I yes, mean, obviously it still had the knife, you know, knife in the back several times, I guess, but also like. At the beginning of the scene, you see Logan reading to Kendall's kids like you've never seen him as like an empathetic character at all before. Uh, and, you know, Kendall obviously confessing too. Uh, and the conversation the three kids had in the van, like there were very different moments than you'd seen in Secession episodes before. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it was funny, you know, to your point about Logan actually showing some level of empathy to Iverson, which is still the greatest name ever. I'm really kicking myself that I didn't name one of my children Iverson. Um, was that he immediately was then like, you're too old for this book. And I mean, he's sort of right. I mean, <laughs> it's a kid's book. But at the same time, it's like, your dad's fine. Let's move on. But Bob, I want to go back to the point that I thought it may be the best moment of the season that scene when they're outside and Kendall confesses to the murder where I've never seen that level of emotion and felt that much emotion watching this show. You know, there's so much about the show that for me is just about the dialogue and how quick witted it is. It's almost like it can be almost, I'd say at its lightest, like watching an episode of Veep where you're just in it for the one liners. But that like it was like all the work they put into developing this these characters over all three years, that really, I thought, came to fruition in that episode because, my God, that was just so powerful. And, you know, they still stayed in character with Roman, like, being like, who hasn't killed a waiter in her day? And, like, you know, yeah, sure, he lost his life, but, you know, I had to wait an hour and a half for gin and tonic. Like, it it was just, like, I, I think a perfectly scripted and acted scene. So I had a question about that. Did 
uh, the way I remember, and it's been several years since I watched that episode, but the way I remember that scene, I don't remember, didn't Kendall did just peace out. He didn't go back and try and save the waiter. Right? I'm so glad you said that. I don't remember that either, but I haven't, I haven't watched it recently. Like, so it was like, I thought we were getting to this like paramount level of self-awareness. And then maybe he's still lying to himself or his siblings. What, what did Bob? Do you remember? I don't think he went to rescue. Him. Yeah, I think I think he's lying to himself. Yep. You know, yeah, I think he's lying to himself. I think. <laughs> yeah, and then the other half of that scene was like Roman, Roman like convincing both Ken and kind of the viewers maybe that like oh it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, and by the end of it, it just kind of, the air gets taken out of this thing a little bit of the fact that Ken killed the guy. And Roman is like, so some combination of like, Roman is such a good liar and he's so charismatic and he's funny. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, right. Well, Ken's starting to move on already. Uh, And then they get in the van and then Ken's talking business. And by the time they get to Logan's villa six hours later, he's just like fully back in the business mode. Yeah. Yeah. and it's just a crazy transformation and acting and yeah, just a, it was a remarkable scene. Well, do, do y'all think that they did, gave Kendall's mental health issues the justice? I mean, like in some ways, like at the end of that scene, we're like, we're forgetting about the fact that he attempted to kill Sue. You know, yeah. they, made, they hinted yeah. very heavily he did try and kill himself. And clearly it was having like a breakdown. Yep. Uh, and, but at the end of it, it was again about the backstabbing, you know, uh, that's, that's what you're left with. And I was, and I was thinking, I was like, are they doing his, his mental health issues justice? Well, and are they, would. even in that scene, it's like, are they doing this for him? Cause they care. No, I think at the end of the day, they're doing it because they're worried about their own positions. You know, like Shiv takes a call in the middle of that. And granted, that call is like ostensibly important to their business practices. But at the same time, like if if someone I deeply cared about was having a breakdown like that, the first thing I would do is if someone called me would would not be to take the call. You know, like it's just it's pretty incredible. And to that point, like you know, everyone looking out for themselves to go back to the thing at the beginning about uh, Tom, like, man, he is just to, to do, I, I have, you know, their their marriage, his and Shiv's marriage is certainly not a paragon of marital bliss, but my God, that is hardcore, especially when you're not even in the family. Um, that That is just to, I mean, to me, it's like it goes to this idea that at the end of the day, these are all just people that are so self-interested and only out for themselves that they can't they can't see past that motive in anything. There's just no empathy or love or anything in anything they do. Yeah. And and I guess you saying that it does make me wonder with Tom, like, uh, is well, one, he, he's slightly smarter than the siblings. I yeah. Think. So like Logan correctly calls them fucking idiots in the climactic scene, and like they, they fucked this up again. Like they had it. Yeah. They had it. They, the coup was well planned. It was all good, and fucking Shiv fucks it up because she doesn't give Tom anything to do and tells him everything. Yep. So one, he's smarter than them, but two, like would Tom have been different had their had uh I don't know had their marriage been actually full of love? Yeah. Or like actually, you know, if she had been like, yeah, let's have the kid, let's do it. Would he have really done that? 
Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and Bob, it's such. I, 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 go ahead, Greg. I, yeah. I thought that basically you could rename the show uh, Tom's quote about Kendall a couple episodes ago, where he was like, uh, "I think you're gonna get fucked." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, basically, that I've never seen Logan get fucked, but I've seen you get fucked a lot. Yeah. Yep. But pretty much, that's that's what the show's about, right? You know, Logan never gets fucked. Well, and the the Bob, to, back to your point, and Greg tying in with yours is like. The, the whole time he's been Logan has been trying to get his kids to prove to him that they are capable enough and cutthroat enough to run this business. Right. And that they actually had the intelligence and they constantly fail him. And even in this scene, they prove to him why he made the right decision to cut them out by the fact that, like, they couldn't even fucking pull it off. And like you said, Bobby couldn't Shiv couldn't keep her fucking mouth shut and led to this. And like. Yeah, I mean, yes, you should be able to trust your husband, but at the end of the day, like, you have screwed him so many times, and he's literally and figuratively, and you're just, at some point, like, he had enough, so... They're so obvious about their desire for Logan's approval, it's mm-hmm. it's, pathetic. it's so pathetic. I'm, do you want me to come with you, you know? Like yep. that type of thing? Oh, like, yeah. It, it's so pathetic, and it, it's... I'm, I'd be shocked if he chose one of them, right? Absolutely. If this show would have ended with him, with him choosing one of them, I would have been shocked. Absolutely. Um, so just a few other things I wanted to talk about. So one, I did think it was really funny that like this was one of the most beautiful episodes, like cinematography-wise, that I think of the series. And yet, you again, it goes back to this whole theme of like none of them fucking enjoy it. You're in fucking Tuscany, and it's so beautiful. And um, none of them can enjoy it or the wedding. And it's all just like the most lavish stuff. But they're all such bitter, like shriveled husk of people that that sort of like goes without saying. Yeah, totally. The, like the helicopter ride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skarsgård's villa. It's just like, oh, my. it's just like the most beautiful things. And they had a few shots. They definitely lingered in the wedding on like shots of beautiful people and beautiful spots, yeah. like people that we didn't even know. Um, and like Greg and the uh, Countess or whatever we're calling her, mm-hmm. like they look so glamorous. Like Greg suddenly looks like a hunk out there. Yep. And uh, just everyone, just like good looking people. She also Shiv, very good looking in this episode in addition to the setting looking good. So yeah, just like a gorgeous episode and people doing the most like fucked up, miserable things amidst the like literally the nicest settings in the entire world. Well, yeah. And to your point about Greg, like think about how he came into the show in season one. And now he is as duplicitous and as out for himself as any of the other characters where like he spent all this time trying to get Comfrey. I think I'm saying your name right. And then it's like the Duchess shows up and he's just like, yeah, fuck it. You know, like none of them have any loyalties to anything. They're, they're basically NBA players at this point. Like just give them money and let them have a sniff of something and they'll, they'll, they'll take it. <laughs> the, the other thing that I thought uh, we, would be worth talking about is Connor. I thought this was a like premier Connor episode and his blow up at the breakfast meeting with the three other siblings about you know, being the oldest child, which was just really well scripted, um, like sh- showed a level of self-awareness. And may- maybe that's like Kendall too. Like the whole episode had this level of like, 
the kids are scratching at self-awareness or have it for a second, but they can't sustain it. And that ultimately like fucks them in the end. But like, I don't know about you, Greg, but like, did you, when you got married, did you want to hear your marriage proposal accepted by saying, fuck it, how bad can it be? Because when Willis said that to him, to uh, Connor, when she accepted his marriage proposal, I laughed out loud. That was one of the best lines ever. And there's so many lines, so many ways you could take that. Fuck it. How bad could it be? Because I'm marrying you. I'm marrying into this disaster of a family. Like, I thought that was you know, I'm no kind of uh, like no connoisseur of divorce, or maybe I am, but it doesn't seem like that bodes very well for the marriage. Uh, it's not how I would want my proposal to be received. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and and just to and just to put it in context, like you could understand this guy getting frustrated. It's a th- this woman was a prostitute that he was paying to be his life partner. Exactly. Right. He asked her to marry him. Like he's one of the richest people in the country. Yep. He asked her to marry him, and she. At this beautiful thing, and she has access to like this most the most like exclusive lifestyle in the world if she marries him, and she's still like I, I don't know maybe. I I, I kind of love Connor's development this season. Because yes, he's like a perfect encapsulation of our current political environment. Yes, right? just complete fucking imbecile is able to be in the room when they're picking a president, right? You know, like it's just like. Yeah, he was in the mix. Like he had a ch- he had a decent chance. Yeah. And his sole right. reason for thinking he should be president is that he thinks he should be president. It's just pure <laughs> entitlement. It's like I don't, you know, I don't really believe in anything other than like pissing off the libs and that I'm owed this. Right. Right. Um, I wanted to point out what, two, two other where lines. Do we go, where do we go on that, with, with the? with the show now. I completely agree. That's what I was going to ask, especially with the Jeremy Strong interview making it seem like his time in the show was done, but like I don't there's nowhere left for even after this for his character to go. And yeah, what happens because these characters the the kids are now completely relegated and I'm not sure we want to watch the Logan, Tom and Greg show going forward. So I don't know. What do you think, Bob? Well, I don't know. I'd watch a, I'd watch any sort of show with those three, like a, sitcom, <laughs> a reality show, like a Big Brother style reality show. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Really, yeah, I'd watch any. But, uh, you know, so I, I used to watch Billions a lot, and that show got really stagnant because it, uh, it was always Paul Giamatti versus Damian Lewis. You know, the U.S. attorney taking down the hedge funder, and all these things would happen, and then it would come back to like every season the exact same situation. Yep. Uh, and I was kind of worried. I don't know. I think actually this sets it up to change a lot next year. For sure. I think this is a, a pretty different thing. Like Tom's going to be way up there. Skarsgård, right, is going to be like the boss or mm-hmm. him and Logan will be co-bosses. And we know that's going to be a mess. Uh, Shiv's going to have some work to do to recover her life because it's in utter ruins now. Her marriage was already in ruins and now it ruins her professional career even worse than she thought. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a different dynamic. And I don't know. I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty exciting. And I think that, and I mean, we'll see with Ken, you know what I mean? Like we've seen him manic running the world uh, at the beginning of the season, like making huge change in the world. We've seen him almost kill himself. I'm sure they'll find some more things, find another spot for him to land. They should, because he is definitely a phenomenal actor. I mean, he, he, that scene outside at the wedding with him on the ground was uh, some of the best acting I've seen uh, on TV in a while. 
I agree. And after that profile, I know his co-actors sometimes get annoyed with him. But like, if that's the product that he's putting out because of that, I mean, it's hard to argue with. I guess what I don't want to see is like, I don't need another episode, another season of the kid of basically the reenactment of this where Kendall's like trying to go against the company and trying to like bring down Logan. Like I do want some more forward plot momentum. And that's part of the reason I like this episode so much was that like finally something happened and you don't have to watch this show for the plot, but there can't be, I, I did feel the show dragged a bit this season because of that, where it was just like, how many more times are we going to watch like Logan play the kids off of each other? And then they all like, you know, get completely waylaid by him. And then, you know, at the end of the day, he's still running things. So I do think it this shakes it up, but I wonder what happens to the kids. And we don't know what happens to Connor in all this, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's still on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think you're right on this episode. Like, what made it so exciting, you know, the first half hour of this was good. And then once we saw Ken's breakdown and we saw everyone, it was just like rolling. Like, every new yeah. scene was something brand new, right? Like, Tom has... Tom, you know, makes his decision to betray her. Greg is now like, he's no goofy, fun cousin Greg, who's like this goofball who lives in Brooklyn. Like, Greg's a fucking killer now. Yep. Uh, and the final scene, you know, the same dynamics are gone. Everyone's changed. People have betrayed each other. It was, yeah, it was so exciting. It was like a rush the last half hour. I, I, I agree that the, the plot line was going to get stale if uh, they were going to keep coming back to you know, Kendall trying to take over the company or steal it back or, or really any of the kids doing that. Um, but I do think that one plot line is going to remain, which is how, who's going to give it to Logan, right? Someone has to at some point. Yes. Somebody, it has to happen. It has to happen. Right. And that is still compelling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was also the most, um, most depth that I've seen out of Roman too in this episode where he's like, you know, he goes even at the end and he's like pleading to Jerry and like he, the fact that these kids have all treated everyone in their life so transactionally, the whole family treats every relationship transactionally and then they're surprised and aghast that like Jerry responds to him by being like it, what was, how would that have served my own interests, Roman? Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's to me it, it is one of those things where it's like you feel somehow despite my despite my best intentions I felt for them and it, at the end of the day it's like this is all these characters have done to everyone else in their life their, their whole time I can't believe they've gotten me to actually think that the kids are on the short end of the stick here even though like they definitely deserved it yeah um yeah. Well, well anything else you want to say before we wrap up I will take that as a no. I did. I did think one of the best lines was when Roman said, um, "My mother, we have to get. I have to get back because my mom's about to marry a bowl of porridge," which was just fantastic. And then, and then, you know, I think honestly, the title of the episode could have been what Greg said at the very end when he was like, "What am I going to do with the soul, anyways?" Um, just, just right. so many one-liners my, in this. Yeah, my favorite line was Roman. They walk in at the end. And they put Caroline, the mom, on the phone. And Roman says this shit like, we walked in at our parents' fucking Yes. <laughs> that was a good one. Man. There's so many every episode, yeah. There oh, really yeah. are. 
Yeah. I'm just, I'm annoyed that it's, I would like more episodes of the show. It's, it is pretty annoying. It's, it, it's been really fun that like a lot of people have been watching yep. it and talking about it. And yep. It's a first episode for prestige TV is pretty short season. Yeah. And it's, Most. it's, I missed, you know, it's like, this is the first thing since game of Thrones where I feel like everybody's talking about it and watching it. And I, that makes this sh- enjoying the show like uh, it gives it it gives a whole level another level of depth to it so i'm really glad that that is happening i guess that let me ask you that how many more seasons do you think this should go Mm. i would think they're gonna gonna do at least a couple more yeah there's 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 a new plot line here with a new company so it's i don't think you're gonna resolve it in, in in one more season but uh yeah i don't know it remains to be seen I feel like the, the the prediction people made in the first episode or two that Greg was going to end up on top is like looking better than ever. Yeah, that is <laughs> right true. Right now it's like, oh, yeah, maybe he will. But I will say this also instills in me that everyone talking about this and making their predictions and like thinking that like Jeremy Strong was or uh, Kendall was dead and like reading the tea leaves, like everyone's fucking wrong. No one fucking knows. I know. We're always so stupid. I always get drawn in. Me too. I always know at first, I'm like, oh, this is dumb. It's just like Mark. There's some fucking vice president of marketing at HBO who just yep. got us back. Yeah. It's nonsense this week. And it was like, oh, yeah, the whole thing was just a campaign to get everyone talking about the finale. Well, <laughs> this is why they get paid the big bucks, and we are the silly saps that watch the show. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate you guys staying up late to do this right away. And, um, you know, this is this is the seminal show of the current moment. So I'm glad we got to talk about it and uh, really appreciate you both coming on the pod. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about the next season uh, next year. For sure. Thanks for having us on, Vincent. Absolutely. Have a great night. Thank and y'all. this is the uh, succession recap of the season finale of season three of Succession for the Insatiable Content Podcast. Thanks for joining us.